Hello everyone, I'm Ellis Traub and this is Money, Business and More. Don't you just hate it when the phone rings and it's not someone you know? Or maybe it's a robocaller that sounds at first like it's a real person, but then continues to spew out its spiel while you're still trying to talk. How many times have you realized it's a robocaller and still yelled at it? I know I have. It's especially annoying when you're in the middle of something that requires concentration and it interrupts your train of thought. If you're like me, sometimes it's difficult to get back that fleeting thought that you were just putting together. There are few activities that are as reviled as unwanted phone calls from someone who wants to sell you something, who wants a contribution, or who simply wants something from you that you had no previous interest in. Or even if you did, you still want to tell that person on the other end of the line that you resent being disturbed, having your privacy or quiet time interrupted, and to go to hell. In fact, most people I know have reached the point where an uninvited call gets nothing but a grouchy groan and a hasty hang-up. But phone canvassing for business, better known as cold calling, is an essential part of doing business. And done adroitly, can reap enormous benefits to you and your business. And if you're someone who is adept at doing it, you can probably write your own ticket if you're looking for a job. There are essentially two kinds of cold calls. The first are truly cold because the person you're calling has no reason to expect your call or even know you or what you want to talk about. The second, while it shares some of the issues of the truly cold call, is a prepped call, one where you've given them advance notice that you will call. We'll talk about that a bit later. My goal now is to share with you some of the things that make it possible for you to call someone on the phone who neither expects your call or even knows you, to engage them in a constructive conversation and have them stay on the phone until you've accomplished your purpose. Tall order? Yep. But not an impossible one for most, although as you'll soon find out, not all people. So to save time, let's start out with qualifying those who simply won't be able to do it. That way, if you're one of them, you can stop listening and go on to another podcast. The very first requirement of a successful cold caller is, plain and simple, a good sense of humor. If you don't have one, if you can't find humor or fun in most things, if you're inclined to be a pessimist or to focus on the half-empty part of the glass, then you'll have to get someone else to do it, because the art of cold calling requires that you find fun doing it. At the start of this podcast, we described a half a dozen reasons why it isn't usually fun. Because most people who answer the phone are already outraged when they find that it's a cold call or any other end of the line. No question, but this is a challenge. So let's analyze the reason people feel that way and see if we can come up with a way to overcome them. The reasons are these. It's a stranger. They called when I was busy. They want something from me. I don't want to give them, even if it's only my time, but that's damn valuable to me. 
They invade my privacy. I'm busy, and so on. Well, those are pretty formidable. When you put yourself in that person's shoes, which is one of the things you need to do to be a successful cold caller, it's easy to see why they feel that way. And if you're a person who hates getting calls like that, it's even easier. This is where your sense of humor has to come to bear. The first step in developing your skill at cold calling is for you to come up with a hook. That hook is simply something you can say that will keep the person you call from hanging up on you or wanting to. If you can get over that hump, the rest is relatively easy. One thing I neglected to say is that it's a whole lot easier if the person you call has a good sense of humor too. But you have no control over that, so good luck with it. Getting back to the task of coming up with a hook, it's got to be something that addresses all or most of the problems we just cited. Your goal is simple, to keep that person from becoming angry and to keep them from hanging up on you. It's got to make that person conclude in the first few seconds that you're someone that might be worth talking to, if only for the entertainment value. It's got to show your respect for the fact that they might be busy and that you respect their time. It's got to show that you aren't looking for something from them, but that you might have something valuable to them to talk about. And it's got to show that you're mindful of the fact that you appreciate their privacy. Wow, that is a tall order. But it's not insurmountable. Your hook has got to be something that's different. Here's where you have to come up with something that's unexpected but does two things. It's got to tickle their fancy and evoke curiosity. Just like the prelude to your elevator pitch, it has to be outlandish and still be relative to what you want to talk to them about. Here are some ideas that meet those criteria. Hi, this is Tom Berman, and I know you're busy. Maybe I sound like one, but I want you to know I'm not a robot. I'm a real person. Could I have just a moment of your time? Or... My name's Bill Brubeck. I've got to admit that I got your name from a list and I have to call you because that's what I'm getting paid for. Could you spare me just a moment to ask you one question? And then depending on how you answer it, I'll either thank you and say so long or I'll ask you just one more question and then you can hang up on me if you don't like what i got to say. Or, Hi, can you give me just ten seconds to give you a good reason not to hang up on me? I think I'd be happy you did. You get the idea. It's totally off the wall and it has to reflect your delightful personality. If the person at the other end of the line doesn't laugh, at least they might be interested enough because it's unexpected. They might give you a chance to give it another shot. The point is that this kind of hook has got to disarm and arouse some curiosity in most people. And if you can simply increase the odds that they won't hang up, You've gotten to first base. You've met your first goal. Don't be satisfied with the first hook you come up with either. It's worth burning a few of your leads to test them out and see which approach works best. And when you come up with the right one, stick with it. But never, never use a script for your hook. It's only a sentence or so and ought to be easy to say. And you can't come across as very sincere if you had to read what you're saying, just be yourself.
Let's take a quick break and we'll be back in just a minute. Did you know that you have access to a personal mentor to help you with your business issues? Whether you're starting a new business or trying to improve the way an existing business runs, you'll find them at SCORE.org. This is the website for SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives. It's an arm of the U.S. Small Business Administration and consists of thousands of volunteers in more than 300 cities across the United States. And the best part is that their services are offered at no cost to you. At SCORE.org, you can enter your zip code and find a list of local mentors, each showing his or her areas of expertise. And you can schedule your own appointment at a convenient time and location. SCORE also offers a variety of regular workshops presented by professionals in their fields. You can see a current schedule of those events and pre-register on the spot. Some general classes are offered free of charge, while others have a modest fee, which is usually discounted for pre-registration. Check it out! SCORE is the place to go to find someone whose experience may be just what you need. How you deliver that hook is important as well. Did you know that people can tell when you talk to them that you're smiling? Studies have actually shown that not only can someone at the other end of the telephone tell when you're smiling, it's contagious. So if you smile when you deliver your hook, you're off to a good start. They're more apt to smile when they answer, and if they do, they're very likely to listen to more. If they don't hang up and seem open to another question, you've gotten over the first hump, and you're ready to move on to the next phase of your call. Of course, if they don't respond favorably, then you're ready to burn that lead and move on to the next call on your list. But if they've given you an opening, then make good on your promise to quickly find out what you need to know and say goodbye if it isn't going to work for you or them. From the moment you have someone on the other end of the line that's willing to give you the opportunity to go further, you're in business. Now is the time to ask the questions that show that you're really interested in learning about the other party more than you are interested in giving your pitch. This is the thing that really separates the men from the boys or the girls from the women when it comes to successful cold calling. There's another quality that also seems to be able to travel across the telephone line, and that's sincerity. And the contribution of sincerity and humor is warmth. So be warm, friendly, and, and genuine. You know if you're sincere. If you're telling someone something just to get a result for you, it comes across, just as it comes across when you're genuinely interested in what's important to them. Of course, there's no way to keep scam artists and disingenuous people from using these kinds of techniques, but the results definitely aren't the same. Another important piece of advice I can give you at this point is do not read from a script. Let me say this again. Don't read from a script. Don't ask questions from a list. Boiler rooms do this. They pass out scripts to their callers with flowcharts on them. Ask this question. If the answer is yes, ask this. But if the answer is no, then ask this or say that. The boiler rooms that make thousands of calls every day pay commissions and dock their employees if they don't make the minimum number of calls during their shifts. They even fire them if they don't consistently conform to those scripts. 
they truly play the numbers and have it down to a science. Knowing that for every hundred calls made using their script, they get X number of prospects who will let them intimidate them into doing business. So like throwing darts on a telephone book, they'll occasionally get someone who's buying what they're selling. A a prospect doesn't need to see your face on Skype to know that this is what you're doing. If you know the first question you want to ask them about their needs or wants, and if you're genuine in your desire to provide value to them, you simply don't need a script. You simply listen to their answer, and coming from a real desire to help them get what they want, you build on their response by asking another question to clarify or better understand their needs. And you do that until you're ready to tell them exactly how you can meet those needs to their satisfaction. At that point, then you either take their order or agree on a place and time to get together to demonstrate what you offer, and then, if they're happy, let you be of service to them. If you're in a business that lends itself to soliciting business using mass mailing, email blitzes, and social media, then you're dealing with prepped cold calling, and here's where the science comes in. What happens here is that companies whose business it is to provide you with lists that they've assembled that meet criteria you specify are used for those campaigns. So you know that your mailers, your email blasts, or your online advertising is going to people who, under normal circumstances, have a need for what you offer. You know this because you've been the one who ordered those lists to your specs. You specify the demographics, the geographic location, the age, the gender, and every other characteristic that you wanted to use to define your target market when you did your mission statement, your feasibility study, and your business plan. By the way, it's a good idea not to send the whole lot out at once. First of all, there's no need to spend all that money at once. But more importantly, you can't call all of them in that short space of time. And if you get favorable answers from all of them, you might not even be able to handle all the business at once. So start with 100 or 200, see how it goes, and build up the quantity as you find you can handle them. In any case, this changes the nature of your call in two ways. The first is that you know when you call a phone number on that list that the person at the other end should be just who you want to talk to for the reasons you prescribed. The second is that it's likely that they know you're going to call because that was the purpose stated in the material you sent out in your campaign, to let them know that they should expect a call from you. While there are many unscrupulous boiler rooms out there whose scripts call referring to an email or letter they claim to have sent but haven't, you're real. Sure, those mailing lists aren't always reliable, but you at least have a genuine reason for assuming that they received some notice. Start this call by identifying yourself and your company and asking if they received an email or letter from you. If they have, could they take a few minutes to answer a question or two or would there be a better time? If it's okay, then go right into the questioning routine we just described. If not, be sure to find out when they'd like you to call and be sure to call them then. If they say they're not interested, then bow out gracefully and don't try to prolong the call, but follow up with an email that thanks them for their time, makes a short pitch, 
and ask them to refer you to others who might have a need or keep it for future reference if they should find that they have a need. The most important thing about rejection is that you make your reaction a pleasant and a memorable experience. Humor definitely has a place here if it works for you and you'll still have a possible customer if their need arises or if they have a nice story to tell a friend or neighbor. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Be sure to visit our website at moneybusinessmore.com. All one word. There you find lots more information. Blogs, a reference library, and message boards to chat with others who have the same interest as you have. There's where you can request topics for new podcasts that we'll create for you as soon as more than one listener wants it. And you'll be able to give us the feedback we need to make this resource the best it can be. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so.